Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Rewired podcast. Today's episode is a little bit different. If you are listening to this around the time that it was released, you'll know that the world is currently experiencing a very challenging time due to the current pandemic. As I speak in South Africa, we are in a complete lockdown, and wherever you are, you might be in a very similar situation. Times of crisis like this one can cause fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So for a person that is being rewired, how do you respond? That's what we're going to be getting into in our conversation today, speaking about how God can shape our response by changing or renewing the way that we think. Thanks for joining our conversation today. We hope that it's helpful and inspires in you a hope that surpasses even the difficult times. So we're facing a really interesting time and a time of questions and doubts and fear. I think it's a time that none of us expected would happen, hey? Yeah, this is a major disruption to the world, to our world, whether you are Christian or not. Um, I think we all get a sense that what we are going through, very few generations will face. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it brings uh, certain challenges, fears, misunderstandings, yep. uh, different yeah. views on why it's happening and how we should <laughs> respond and think about it. So it's a very yeah. confusing time. and yeah. Which know, why it's a very important conversation to have. It, it is. And, you know, we've explained before that we certainly don't have all the answers. And I yeah. suspect with this topic in particular, we don't. But I think it's important for us to just navigate yeah. this crisis carefully yeah. and I'm thinking of the passage that you know the the word of God needs to be a lamp to our feet always right. but I think especially navigating right. through a crisis like That's this right. so it's, I think especially since we're speaking about like being rewired in the mm -hmm. past few times we've met we spoke about the need for God to hold our worldview and help us answer the big questions I think this is a time for our worldviews to be rewired because I think our worldviews are going to be really exposed. Right. Nothing like crisis exposes what we really believe and what we really sure. think. Yeah, I think when our view of what is normal and our experience of what is normal is, is radically challenged yeah. like it is now, mm -hmm. when our world is shaken like this, um, it, is a, it, it, can, it, it, it can shake our worldview. Mm -hmm. um, it can challenge our worldview. Uh, but it is a chance to really refine our worldview, I think, as Christians. There you go. And I mean, one question maybe we can yeah. start with. Yeah. I've heard a lot of Christians even question, you know, yeah. how can a God who is good allow such bad things to happen? Yeah. Now, that question has been asked so for many thousands times. of years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't pretend to have all the answers there, but it's, it's I guess, for some people, a um, a logical starting point. Yeah. And, you know, the argument goes that if God is is good, how can he allow suffering? Mm. Yeah, or rather, if God is good, he won't allow suffering. suffering yeah. But, but suffering happen. happens and therefore God either doesn't exist or God isn't Not good. good. Yeah. Um, so should we start there? Yeah, no, definitely. That's a good question that probably a lot of people are asking, like, how is it possible that if we have a good God, that mm. coronavirus is killing all of this? Thousands of people. Yeah, why didn't God stop it? Why yeah. did God allow it to happen? Yeah, a lot of people are probably asking that question yeah. right now. And I think the, you know, the fault line really in that argument is assuming that God micromanages the universe <laughs> and that God isn't good enough to give us free will. 
think about that. You know, but to me, God is so good and so loving that he has given human beings free will. Okay. He doesn't force us to think and behave in certain ways. He is too loving to allow that to happen. And we were created in, you know, the image of God. God's creation is good. He, he uh, gave responsibility for managing his good creation to mankind to be good stewards. But the world is, is broken and in a mess because we haven't been... We haven't been good stewards of God's good creation. Mm-hmm. You know, what's happening in the world nowadays is a result not of, it's not God's doing directly, but it is as a result of us mm. not living up to our calling to be good stewards of yeah. God's creation. To be the image bearers. That yeah, to, to be the too. image bearers. That's a good way of putting yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting to me that during this time, people are asking a lot of questions but suffering and mm. pain have been rampant. It's only when there's a lot of fear involved into the question and or into the circumstances that now people are asking all these questions, but thousands of people have died for thousands of other reasons. Mm. But this interesting times is really exposing our doubts and our questions and our fears in, in ways that <laughs> I don't know why it didn't before, but now we are yeah. asking all these big questions. Yeah, and I think what, what is different about this crisis is that it's not just a health crisis but it's an economic crisis yeah yeah yeah. and already in a country like ours unemployment is high poverty is extreme and there are lots of concerns yeah uh, folk how they're going to feed themselves what's going to happen to their jobs uh, what's going to happen after this lockdown and when the coronavirus eventually is a thing of the past yeah how are we going to get back to a life of of normality yeah so i think we need to show empathy certainly yeah that is a big challenge yeah uh it it has an empathy that probably transcends just like the physical aspects like you're saying an empathy that goes beyond just this time of lockdown and time of fear but an empathy that transcends into those times where People are going to need jobs and they're going to need income and like financially, we're not going to be ready as a country and all these other things that socially and mentally and emotionally are going to be times also of trial that we need to be very empathetic throughout now until then and learn what God wants us to do in those times. Yeah, exactly. And it's caused uncertainty, anxiety, and um, even fear. Absolutely. As you mentioned. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, um, I guess, normal human response to be fearful of change in general. But this is such a, a shift, a world shift. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, as Christians, we need to look at the scriptures, obviously, to try and navigate our way through this. Okay. Um, but what does the Bible say about fear? That's, that's, <laughs> that's what we need to talk about. What does the Bible say about how to respond mm-hmm. in times like this? Because I think... The Bible speaks about when we face tough times and fearful um, circumstances. And what what does it say? I don't know if we are necessarily paying attention to what scripture says or we're paying more attention to what media and everybody in the world is saying. Yeah. I mean, Jesus told his followers not to fear a few times, didn't he? Can you remember? Yeah, definitely. I was thinking when he walked on the water. (laughs) Wow, that's a good one. I was thinking about... Uh, John 16, but the walking of the water is good as well. Yeah. John 16 is like, hey, the world, you have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. That's the one I was thinking about. Yeah, and then in, in Matthew 14, when Jesus walks on the water. Mm-hmm. Very good Let, story. That, yeah. yeah. Do you want me to yeah. take up the reading? Yeah, take up the reading. 14 from verse 26. Okay. Uh, it says, 
but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out with fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, I am. Don't be afraid. Right. And, you know, what Jesus was demonstrating to them was that he had power over, you know, the natural order, you know, over the Absolutely. waves and the sea. But I, yeah, I, I would probably be fearful as well because, it's so, because it challenges yeah. our paradigm and what we used to. Absolutely. And there are some similarities, I think, with what wow. we're facing at the moment because wow. we've never experienced this before. I never thought about it that way. That's and interesting. It, yeah, so it, it challenges uh, what our view of what is normal. Yeah. And, and elsewhere where, where Jesus encourages his disciples and people not to fear, it was when the kingdom of God was breaking in in new ways. It was challenging the paradigms and the worldviews of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, their thinking needed to be rewired that Jesus actually controlled, you know, the elements. Yeah. And I think considering the crisis we are facing at the moment, it, it is a radical change to what we think is normal. There you go. You know, as societies, as governments, the way economies work, everything is totally changed. And it just seems to be turning our world upside down. And I know they're very, you know, they're worst case sort of scenarios that this is going to fundamentally change the world forever and mm-hmm. millions of people will die. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe not. But the point is the message of Jesus to us is the same as to his disciples. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Come on. But how do we good. do that? Yeah, that's good. What do you think? No, uh, you're making me think of Mark chapter 4, I think it is, or maybe it's Mark chapter 3, where they are in the boat, Mm. um, and the storm comes, and he's sleeping. Um, (laughs) He's sleeping. uh, All happened on the sea in the boat. Yeah, in the boat, and then... Like he, he just tells them, uh, it is Mark chapter four. It's like, mm-hmm. why are you afraid? Uh, verse 40, he tells them, like, do you not have faith? <laughs> like you're making me think of how he's challenging what they see versus with what they know to be true based on the reality of the kingdom of God, based on the reality that Jesus offers, yeah. that they, they are putting their eyes on what they see right now yeah. and not necessarily in oh. what they know to be true. Wow, so that's actually very relevant to the times now, isn't it? The statement you said about how Christ controls the elements. Mm. And man, I think that's very applicable right now, what you're saying. Like, are we like believing that he's in charge of, of all of those things? That that was very interesting how you mentioned that. Yeah. And God has ultimate authority and mm. God is in control. But as I mentioned, God doesn't micromanage. Mm. So we still have free choice. Uh, and, you know, how we use that free choice does determine where the world goes and decisions we as human beings made hundreds of years ago we we live with the consequences even now Interesting. you know so if you consider for example natural disasters yeah and i know it's hard to sort of you know package coronavirus in a in a little box you know it's a natural disaster or not but but let's look at the more obvious natural disasters like you know floods and droughts and hurricanes and tornadoes yeah um, they have got increasingly severe in recent decades. Okay. 
uh, as a direct result of, of man's choices. You know, we have used our free choice to produce uh, far more. And, yeah. you know, the carbon dioxide emissions and the global warming is, is a reality. And we are living with the consequences of decisions we've made. Yeah. You, you said earlier, like, we were created to be image bearers. But when we don't take good stewardship of God's good creation, I guess, like what you're saying, we're not bearing the image of God. We're not doing the things that he asked us to do in order to take care of his good creation. And now all this are, are consequences of all of that, of our bad decision making, of our of our sin, of us redefining what what good is and what bad yeah. is. Yeah, I, I think that's an important principle to answer the question. You know, people are asking, how come a good God allows <laughs> suffering? And you know, it, and I think we need to take responsibility as mankind as a whole. Mm-hmm. And it's tough because we might say, man, we haven't directly contributed to this problem while we're suffering. Mm-hmm. But that's just the nature of, of mankind. We're not islands. You know, decisions that other people make, sin that other people commit, bad decisions that governments have made, maybe bad farming practices, you know, yeah. that have resulted in viruses, you know, ending up in human beings that shouldn't have been there in the first place. Wow, 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 wow. Then, then it, it poses the question for us to be like, then... Is it is it God who's doing this, or is it or is it the consequences of our of our bad decision making in our sin? Because if if I tell you about what I've heard, I don't know if you've heard, but there's a lot of people that are are saying crazy things about how this is just another sign really? of the end times, and that in the wow. Bible this is what God called us to do, and you that give me an example <laughs> that if you don't repent, yeah. like God's gonna bring more coronavirus to you, like yeah. um. We, we're going on a lockdown as, as South African citizens. We're going to be here tomorrow. As we're recording this, we're going to start this tomorrow, which means that uh, we're not going to be able to get out of our houses. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some people do this. Um, some people are talking about how Isaiah chapter 26, verse 20 says that we should go. And I'm reading uh, the Bible. I'm directly reading. Go, my people, enter your rooms. Shut your doors behind you. Hide for a little while until the wrath is passed. And people are saying, look, that is God telling us that we need to go into lockdown because the 26th of March of 2020, mm-hmm. we are going into lockdown just like Isaiah 26 verse 20. Surely and they're not. try like they're putting, and this is just one example yeah. of many other verses that people are saying, like, see, God obviously mm-hmm. wants us to do this. He's trying to punish us because we didn't repent because we're so sinful and all these kinds of things. Um, and now what you're sure. saying is that that that's not what's going on. This could more likely be just consequences of our lack of stewardship. Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed to hear that. That's so sort of random. And I mean, as you know, you know, to look at chapter and verse numbers now is meaningless because they weren't in the original <laughs> transcripts. You know, the way there were the no Bible verses. There yeah. were no chapters. And it's actually better to read the Bible without the, you know, <laughs> the man introduced yeah. the chapters and verses. So that argument is very flimsy. Let yeah. me be kind. <laughs> and you can randomly look for 26 and 20 or maybe 26 and 3 because March is the third month of the year. And, you know, you can do that with the help of computers and searching and you'll come up with all sorts of wonderful things. So that's a a great example of how not to read the Bible at the moment. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that that verse was not even addressed to us as South Africans in 2020. That verse was talking to the people of God, Israelites, under a different covenant that we are under Christ now. 
Like yeah. we need to understand sometimes, and I think people, we forget that the Bible wasn't written to us. Well, it was written for us. We understand and we learn God's wisdom mm. from God's word, but it wasn't directly written to us. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the Bible can't mean something to us that it didn't mean to the original audience. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure they were not dealing with coronavirus you know, in Isaiah 26. That, uh, that, you know, Isaiah was speaking about this time in, in history when a virus would come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a, that's a good example of, of how not to read the Bible. You're right. And yeah, you know, they, they all sorts of other, you know, beliefs and sadly, even, even some church pastors, you know, are mm-hmm. encouraging, or certainly until yesterday, I don't think mm-hmm. that's changed, we're encouraging their congregations to still meet mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, this is God's way of, of punishing the world really yeah. and that we need to be, we need to obey him rather than the authorities, etc. But that's, that's a whole new discussion, I think. Wow. But the point is to, as I said earlier, to navigate through this time, we need yeah. to be very careful and wise, yeah. uh, not just for our, our own faith, but you know, to, to be image bearers, bearers to project to the world uh, how God's, you know, God's true family. Yeah. So you are hearing certain things, you have heard certain things that people are saying and people are posting on social Mm -hmm. media. And what you're suggesting is let's rather navigate the situation Mm -hmm. the way that we are instructed through God's word instead of trying to come up with ideas and solutions and Bible verses out of context or things that people are saying that are not Mm -hmm. necessarily how God teaches us to, to go about things in times of crisis. Yeah. And I also think it's a futile exercise trying to figure out why it's happened. Okay. I don't think that's going to help us. The fact is, it's a crisis, mm. and there are opportunities for us as God's people to be different. As we, we are called to be different in the okay. world, to be the light of the world, to be the salt of to the earth, to be the image bearers. Yeah. To be the image bearers. So, what does that look like during this time of lockdown and crisis? And okay. there are there are many opportunities to grow, to become more like Jesus. Mm. Uh, we referred earlier on briefly to fear. This is a time to not fear. Okay. Now that's easier said than done for a lot of people. Yeah. I think some anxiety is yeah. normal. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I do also believe that there's a worldview that needs rewiring, even amongst Christians, that. Our purpose on earth is to prolong our lives as long as possible. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that's we'll get on. We'll no, get you, onto that topic. But, but it's true. true, it's true. Like a lot of people right now are, like you said, are maybe with anxiety and all this fear are responding to, to take care of their safety and their life. Um, but they're not responding the way that I see the disciples in the first century church respond when they were going through a time of crisis. Sure. When they when they get together and in Acts chapter 4, after being thrown into prison for preaching the gospel, and they pray for boldness. They don't pray for safety. They don't pray for God prolong our lives, make us like have less tough times and less crisis. Mm-hmm. They they prayed for more courage, more boldness. And yeah. and what you're saying is true. Like the disciple life was never meant to be, or the purpose of a disciple life is not to prolong our lives on earth. Yeah. Now that obviously takes maturity. Yeah. Um, I'm not at the point yet where Paul was, where he <laughs> said, "No, God." I'll, if you if I'm ready, if you want to take me, please take me. Yeah. I'm ready to live as Christ, but to die as gain. Exactly. Yeah. But if you want me to stay, I've still got work to do, basically. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the ideal approach of disciples who are mature. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not about prolonging life. 
And, and that really, once again, is understanding what God is up to, where we fit into his story, okay. being image bearers, uh, sometimes requires us to embrace suffering, even at the risk of dying. So what does that look like? Wow. <laughs> and, and I think what you're saying then is, let's stop trying to figure out why is this happening or trying yeah. to figure out who to blame about this whole situation. Like we're trying to point the finger at God. It probably is more likely that it's the consequences of our bad decisions, but we're trying to avoid responsibility over and over mm -hmm. and over again. And, and we keep on asking those wrong questions. What you're telling us is that we should ask better questions about then how can I live out my discipleship? How can I live out faith and not fear in this time of crisis. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we use this passage quite, quite often, but it's really important, Roman, Romans 8. And I think to, if we really get this passage, if we really get it, it will help us understand okay. what's going on and to keep fear at bay. If we really get what Paul is writing here, Romans 8, verse 28. Mm -hmm. And we know that for those who love God, all things work, including the coronavirus, including <laughs> the corona pandemic, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. What is the good? Yeah, we read it in verse 29. Mm. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Okay. I think the question then for us is not trying to figure out why this is happening, uh, does God exist? Uh, you know, is this a prophecy? Uh, should we, you know, do we rebel against the authorities? How do we live? And all those, those are all the wrong questions. The, you know, the question is how, how, how does God want to use this time of crisis for us to be conformed into his image, okay. into the image of his son? There you go. Individually and collectively. Mm. And as a community, there's a huge challenge because we are so yeah. used to yeah. Meeting yeah. together, we love, we're a close family, we love being in community, yeah. we love hugging, you know, physical contact is yeah. important for yeah. us. Um, but how will now God use our lockdown? Yeah. How does he want to use that yeah. to work for the good? Yeah, there you go. Defined as conforming us into the to image. image. Yep. That is the mature response Make, makes that sense. we are called to. Makes sense. So you're saying that's the, the faith-filled response. Yeah, and the opposite of fear is faith. And that really is getting to what is the... Yeah, how do we keep fear at bay at this stage? Okay. It is to understand that what God is actually up to. There you go. Through all crises, through all suffering, through all pandemics, wow. ultimately God is most concerned about us being conformed into the image of Jesus. Wow. Yeah, because if, if this is what we did as flawed image bearers, that we stopped bearing the image of God and we started bearing our own image and our own sinful practices and we have not taken care of God's good creation and we have not done a good job and we are suffering through all of the consequences of that, of course God will want us to be restored mm. into his image, the image of his son, so we could be good partners and we could take good care of creation. So it makes sense that he would use these opportunities so that we can be transformed and restored into the image of his son. Yeah. So now the questions we should be asking, and this is what you're saying, is how, how do we do that? But what does that look what like? What does that look like? Yeah. How do we live as the people of God under lockdown when yeah. the world is radically yeah. being changed? Yeah. How do we treat this lockdown as an opportunity to be transformed into his image? Yeah.
I don't have all the answers, but I, I always like to just think of discipleship as having three dimensions. Okay. It's the reach up to God. In other words, we, we need to take responsibility for and invest in our relationship with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reach up, reach yeah. in, which really means reaching into God's family, mm. uh, being in relationship, loving our brothers and sisters, serving our brothers and sisters. So it's really the relationship in God's okay. family. Reach up, reach in, and then thirdly, to reach out. Interesting. And if that, all of those things can look quite different. Yeah, yeah. Right and now, the lockdown how, how compared do do to when we have freedom of movement yeah. and getting together as a church, etc. So how yeah. do we do that? Yeah. Do you know, as you're speaking, the first thing I thought about was Second Peter chapter 1. His divine power, verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life mm. and godliness through our knowledge of Him. Mm. So, so that, yeah. that part that you said we reach up, we reach to God, we look for Him, we get to know Him, we spend time with Him, we really use this time to really invest in our relationship with mm. God. And then verse 4 and 5 when onwards speak about how through this intimate relationship mm. with Christ, with God, we will be transformed to be the kind of people that share in the divine nature oh, of God. Wow. Or in Romans 8 words are transformed according to the image right. of his son. Yeah. So what I hear you saying, or at least what I'm thinking about as you're speaking is, let's use this time to be conformed into his image by developing intimacy with God by spending mm. some good time in prayer by reading our, our the, the word of God by really studying out and spending time in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and worshiping God and allowing all of that power that God has made available for us to transform us into the image of his son right but how do we reach into God's family under lockdown that's, that's the, a good question <laughs> that's a good question I guess that's where technology could be yeah. a really good opportunity yeah, no, for sure. I also think that, uh, you know, in churches, we need to hear and listen to the fears of people, the anxieties. Mm. Uh, they are real. And to be there to encourage yeah. um, as best we can, I think we will use technology in a good way. You know, technology hasn't always helped <laughs> us. Yeah. Technology can be used in very bad ways. Yeah. Uh, but it is a chance to really use the, the various social you know, platforms and mm. social media uh, to really encourage one another and to actually spend more time with people and with a greater variety of people than we might have before. Um, so there are definitely going to be needs. Yeah. Uh, there are not only needs of encouragement, but mm. there are going to be financial needs yeah. that need to be met. And I think there's a call for us to be more generous than ever mm. uh, with our money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If people can't get to shops or collect medicine, yeah. we will have opportunity to yeah. do that for them. Yeah, and to really still be very invested in each other's lives, and yeah. I pray even more invested. There you go. Than we were before. There you go. When when you speak about generosity, it makes me think about I can't remember who's that tweeted this, but this person said, "Yeah, you're gonna go under lockdown, so stay safe." but pay your domestic the same amount of money you were yeah. paying them because they can't come Sick. and clean your house like they used to, but are you going to still help that person's income who's their only source of income? Yeah. So the generosity we need to offer right now, it's, it's serious. Exactly. No, I, I totally agree with that. And we, we, we've had that discussion in our home and we see, we realize that our expenses are actually going to drop. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, we're not going to be traveling around as much. I love mm-hmm. sitting in coffee shops and drinking coffee. I'm not going to be able to do that. Yeah, hey, man, I save money. Be, yeah, moving around with the e- petrol of the car. Exactly. So they're going to be savings. Now, how do I use those savings? Yeah. And do I hoard more money for uh, myself exactly. or do I give Which it? Which will be a fearful response, by the way. A lot of people might be tempted now to, oh, I've got to put more money in the bank in case, you know, who knows what's going to happen to the economy. Wow. I might lose my job. And that is, you know, do we fear or do we. Have faith. Have faith, have wow. faith with, with the extra money we're going to have. Those of us who, who are fortunate enough to still earn salaries, or in my case, pension, yeah. <laughs> you know, it is at least a reliable income. Mm-hmm. So I think the wonderful opportunity is to do good, you know, to help our brothers and sisters yeah. uh, financially. Yeah. So you're speaking about reaching into the family. We haven't spoken yeah. about reaching out, which I'm excited yeah. to get there. <laughs> but when it comes to reaching in, another thing that you said about, uh, apart from just generosity, is constant encouragement. Mm-hmm. I think more than ever, we can draw that 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 passage that says in Hebrew, stir one another up. Like we we'll be creative about it, yeah. but we'll try to stir sure. one way or another to our brothers and sisters into love and good needs. And we encourage them. Yeah. We're going to love them. We're going to pray for them. We're going to yeah have opportunities to be very, very yeah. intentional um, yeah. for to that encouragement. I just want to say, Druid, I really love the way scriptures come to mind with you. It's awesome. <laughs> I want to hold you up, man. Thank that, you. That's exactly, that. exactly relevant okay. uh, to, you know, to these times. Um, reaching out, I mean, there in many scriptures there, we are called to be the light of the world, Absolutely. the salt of the earth. Absolutely. Uh, Jesus speaking on the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Paul says we, need to be, we, should be, we are ambassadors of Christ, ministers yeah. of reconciliation. Yeah. Critically important part of our mission to be outward focused. Yeah. How... How do we be outward focused when we're in lockdown? Yeah, when we go in lockdown, it's kind of a contradiction, isn't it? Yeah. But, but I don't think it is. Not exactly. I don't yeah. think it is. I think this is the perfect opportunity. I don't know if you said it earlier in the conversation or maybe because we get to have conversations all the time. I heard you say this before, but this crisis is not just a health physical crisis this crisis is beyond the boundaries of what we're afraid of we're afraid of getting the coronavirus Mm -hmm. and shame like it is something like that could damage our health just like there's many Mm -hmm. diseases out there but this this crisis is going to impact economies it's going to impact us socially it's going to impact us mentally and there's people already who are gonna are already suffering because they won't get an income during the lockdown there's people that are not going to have jobs after the lockdown ends there's people that are going to be in serious needs of medication in serious needs of support and and i think when this lockdown ends the best opportunity for the body of christ is right there to meet the needs of the people in dire, dire need. I think when I look at the at the story of the Bible, who God cares so much about is those who are neglected, those who have been oppressed, those who have been rejected, the vulnerable. And there's going to be in, in a country like ours where there's a huge index of poverty. The, the people that are in those dire needs are going to need us the most yeah. as the family of God, like you said, as the light. So yeah. during lockdown, there, we will have to get creative. But especially once the lockdown mm, ends, yeah, we have to be the first ones to respond. Sure. The first ones to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. I think it's elevating that aspect of the mission that is really important. And to do it perhaps with fewer resources, maybe yeah. less finances than we have had yeah. previously. Yeah. Which is going to stretch our, our generosity. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in a good way. Yeah. And the needs are the needs have been great in this country and in countries like South Africa where poverty is a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you're saying, and I think I agree with you, is that the poverty is likely to be even worse. And, or know, the, the situation you know, the, because the, of the poverty. Yeah, you know, the darkness that we're in at the moment through the, 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 uh, the hopelessness, the mm-hmm. feeling of hopelessness that is out there in the world, mm-hmm. um, that darkness is going to continue as people are economically, feel economically helpless yeah. and hopeless and marginalized, etc. So yeah. there, there's wonderful opportunity now to be the light of the world and it's going to continue after exactly. the lockdown and long after the coronavirus has been dealt yeah. with. Yeah, this, so, the, the implications and the consequences of this mm-hmm. crisis are going to be way longer yeah. than just the 21 days we're going to be yeah. in lockdown. It's going to be for months sure. and years yeah. afterwards where we're going to have to be very intentional and committed in being the light of the world. Yeah. But even during lockdown, I know that you believe this and I believe this as well. Mm-hmm. We can still be the light even as we're inside. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I'd like to encourage our listeners to think about how you can be the light of the world at yeah. this time. And for me, it's going to be simple things like being in regular contact with my sister and my mom who are not living with us mm-hmm. and just encouraging them, showing interest, checking how, they, yeah. how they're doing. Yeah. Uh, maybe not even directly sharing the gospel with them, but just being the gospel, being the good news. Yeah. And I believe that hearts are going to be open to the gospel now more yeah. than ever. Yeah. But just showing an interest in, in people, uh, you know, who do not know yeah. Jesus and do not have the, the certainty and the hope yeah. and yeah. the faith that we should have during this time. Yeah. So they're the wonderful opportunities. Yeah. Um, there are so many online resources coming out from different churches, amazing yeah. teachings. Yeah. I want to send to some of my friends mm. and just encourage them to listen to. Yeah. And so there are many ways and to even, yeah, just go through Bible studies and books of the Bible together with mm. people using WhatsApp and yeah. Zoom and other great technologies. So yeah. you're right. We, we are the light of the world. We're still ambassadors of Jesus. We are still ministers of reconciliation. There we go. There we that go. doesn't change. It's just how we live that out. Now we need to be especially creative. Yeah. And it's one, I love, I wouldn't say I love change, but I've learned to see change as a wonderful opportunity for me to, ch- to, to transform yeah. and for me to think a little bit out of the box yeah. and to do things differently. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's an exciting time without downplaying the seriousness of the situation. Absolutely. I don't believe in the, just the power of positive thinking solves <laughs> everything, not at all. <laughs> but I think the scriptures do guide us yeah. at these times. Yeah, the, the scriptures remind us to be hopeful, not yeah. necessarily just have an optimistic, yeah. positive attitude. There's a difference between optimism and biblical hope. Oh, great, great point. <laughs> and I think what you're saying is true. Like we, we have a hope that we can share with the world mm-hmm. because We, we started this conversation saying, you know, the, this time of crisis gets a lot of people doubting and even some Christians doubting and put wh- where they're putting their trust and faith in. But this could also be time for people who have a very specific worldview to also question and be like, where do I draw hope from in a time yeah. of crisis? And we can share the message of hope, the message that the reality that we're in right now, it's not It. There's a bigger, more powerful, more beautiful reality that Christ offers since he brought the kingdom of God mm-hmm. to our earth. And that heaven and earth are meeting and overlapping and we can mm-hmm. draw strength 
from the hope that we have in the reality of oh, Jesus. Right, putting it, it, it actually makes me think of, of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Come on. When oh, Paul, Paul tells the, the Thessalonians who were going through mm -hmm. a very tough time of crisis. Their crisis was persecution. Mm -hmm. um, but he tells them, you're not children of the night. You don't have to live hopelessly in fear. You're children of the day. So live as if the day has already arrived. Because which, for us, which it's is Christian. a reference to the age to come. Exactly. That, the we, age live, to that come. we live now according to those values. Exactly. We wow. can live according to those and values. What amazing now. opportunities there are now during lockdown. How yeah. do we live now according to the values of the age to come? Yeah. How do we demonstrate the age to come to people even under lockdown? There you go. Like you said, we start with yep. faith, the opposite of fear. We share a message of hope mm -hmm. and we demonstrate a lot of love towards Ooh. each other. Paul spoke about those <laughs> things, didn't he? And I think that's what we should be speaking about over the next yeah. few weeks, because I think as South Africans who are gonna be in lockdown, we're gonna need to know how to live out our faith, how to share our hope, mm -hmm. and how to continuously express the love that we have in Christ. Yep, those are great topics. That we'll discuss in the future. I look forward to it. Okay, so I guess to summarize our entire conversation is- Good luck. There's times tough crisis where fear strikes and things are uncertain and it happens yeah. and it's not the first time it won't be the last time that it happens but we don't need to necessarily understand why they happen we can have our faith and our hope and our love put in who is in charge of that mm. we don't need to blame him and mm. try to find somebody to share responsibility with we need to take responsibility that we have been bad image bearers and also we can take the opportunity of crisis to be mm. transformed, like we read in Romans 8. Absolutely. To be made into the image of God, to be restored into the image of Christ. And then you shared with us that really cool 3D analogy of how we do that. We're gonna be restored by reaching up, by spending some crazy amount of intimate time with God, by reaching in, by encouraging our brothers and sisters and challenging them to a life of generosity and radical faith, and by reaching out, by sharing the message of hope to those around us. Thank you for joining us for our conversation today. We hope that these podcasts will be helpful to you during this difficult time. Music for the episode was by Jonathan Ogden and Lakey Inspired. If you enjoyed this conversation and you go to the Nelson Mandela University in Port Elizabeth, South Africa, we have a young adults group that meets on campus to have conversations just like this one about how God can transform you by changing the way that you think. As of this recording, due to the current situation, we are not meeting up physically, but we will be starting those conversations again as soon as possible. For now, we hope that you stay safe and we'll catch you in the next episode.